get started with our call to worship? Aren't you glad you serve a mighty God this morning? How many believe that God has all the power you need? Bless the Lord. Let's sing it today as we lift them up in praise together. My God can never fail. He's been proved time and again. Trust Him and see He's got all the power you need. He's never early. He's never late. It takes courage. Trust Him and see He's got all the power you need. He says, forgives and heals. Takes back what the devil steals. My debt's been paid in full. Every day does miracles. Got dreams turning into plans. Too big for human hands. Trust him and see he's got all the power you need. He's real. He's real. Face a lot stronger than what you feel. He's real. He's real. I'm believing for a miracle. My God can never fail. He's been proved time and again. Trust Him and see He's got all the power you need. He's never early. He's never late. It takes courage, it takes faith. Trust Him and see He's got all the power you need. He says, forgives and heals. Takes back what the devil steals. My debt's been paid in full. Every day does miracles. I got dreams turning into plans. Too big for human hands trust him and see he's got all the power you need he's real he's real face a lot stronger than what you feel he's real he's real I believe in a miracle my God can't never fail he's been proved time and again Trust him and see he's got all the power you need. Trust him and see he's got all the power you need. Trust him and see he's got all the power you need. Hallelujah. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Uh, it looks like we're still a little light. People are still traveling for Father's Day, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but, but we're here, and we're here for God's Word. Amen? Amen. So if, you, if, you're proud to be, if you're glad to be in God's house this morning, say hallelujah. 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 Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, it's good to be in your house today. We've had a great Sunday school time already. It's been uh, just a great week working in your ministry this week. So much has been done. We're going to hear about some of that later, Lord. I just, I just praise you that you allow us to be a part of your ministry like this. God, I just pray that you will just open the windows of heaven today and just, just pour out your blessings upon us. And, and, and God, as we leave this place today, may we not say we just came to church, 
but that we came and we stood in the presence of the one who loves us more than anything, and his name is Jesus Christ. Father, if there is someone here today, whether they're young or old, doesn't matter. There's someone here today that has not bowed a knee, has not allowed you to become Lord of their life. May this be the day that decision is made. May they choose life before it's too late. Father, we give you all praise, honor, and glory for everything that's going to be said and done. And may your will take place in this, in this house today. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I said, it's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you that's here today. We're going to hear some testimonies after a while about the missions trip this week that that, uh, transpired with all the youth from all the area churches. It's just going to be a great day. So walk around, shake somebody's hand, give them a hug, but let them know it's good to see them in God's house and what God's going to do today. You're in the battle for the Lord in right, keep on the firing line. If you win, my brother, surely you must fight, keep on the firing line. There are many dangers that we all must face. If we die fighting, it is no disgrace. A coward in the service, you shall find no place, so keep on the firing line. You must fight, be brave. Against all evil, never run, nor even lag behind. If you would win for God in the right, just keep on the firing line. God will only use a soldier he can trust, keep on the firing line. If you wear a crown and bear the cross, you must keep on the firing line. Life is but the labor for the master dear. Help to vanish evil and to spread good cheer. We warn you for your service here, so keep on the firing line. You must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run, nor even like behind. If you would win, God and the righteous, keep on the firing line. When we get to heaven, brother, we'll be glad. On the firing line, and how will praise the Savior for the call we have? Keep on the firing line. And when we see the souls that we have helped to win, leading them to Jesus from the paths of sin, with the shout of welcome we will all march in. So keep on the firing line. Oh, you must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run, nor even lag behind. If you would win for God in the right, just keep on the firing line. For you must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run, nor even lag behind. If you would win for God in the right, just keep on the firing line. Okay, as we find our seats again, you want to say something or me? Pardon? Okay, I already have it on my list. Okay, we got just a few announcements this morning I want to touch on. Um, One of which, let me remind everyone that the uh, prayer and offering columns, I was asked last week, or no, it was week four last, actually, that um, why do we not pass a plate in the church? Most of you have already heard this, but just real quickly, briefly, I believe that is between you and the Lord. 
it is a, an act of obedience to tithe, but we leave that to you guys. So the columns in the front, one here and one in the back, that's for you to drop your prayer requests. If you want something on the prayer list, you can come Thursday night when we go over the prayer list and let us know, and or you can drop it into the prayer columns, and that way it go uh, where it needs to go to get on the list. Also, that's where you drop your tithes in as well, and we are very getting a lot closer to our, our IT system up here. I don't have the exact figure with me right now for the screens, but if you would like to give towards that as well, just make sure you annotate that before you drop it on into the tithe and offering columns. Just a few other things I want to speak to, one of which is the ladies' retreat. Do you want to speak or me? A ways away, it's in September, the end of September, the 30th. We only have nine people signed up. I had a lot of people say, why don't we do more ladies things? Why don't we do more ladies things? Well, this is why, because when we do, we have two or three people sign up. So y'all take a look at this brochure. Candace Cameron from The View is going to be there. But um, the last day to sign up is next Sunday. We have to get our reservations in. Almost all the hotels are booked already. There's only two hotels left, and the one that we wanted to stay in, the Minger, is booked already. So there's still two hotels uh, available downtown on the Riverwalk, and we're just going to have a good time of fellowship and going in here in the Word of God. So y'all uh, look at this brochure on the back table. Right. This morning, but she, she likes to speak towards this women of faith as well. She says it's an incredible outreach, so you make women of joy sorry women of joy that that conference <laughs> so uh you can, you can call and talk to her about that as well a few other things to touch on uh, one let me just go ahead and get this out there folks have been asking where are the services for mr rudder if you didn't know dane rudder was uh in an accident and passed away this past week he uh, there are no public services that's going to be uh out there that that is just for the family so if you would like to just lift them up in prayer, they will appreciate your prayers and and just let them just just let the Lord know you're praying for them. Uh, and and while you're praying, let me just say this as well: there's a lot of camps coming up. We're in that time of the year where there's camps after camps after camps after camps. There's a lot of uh, summer activities going on. One of which we're, you're going to hear about more in just a little bit. But there was a, a we the youth were in a mission trip this past week, and I'll. But these kinds of camps, there's a lot of kids, a lot of adults, a lot of people being ministered to through the summertime months. And I would encourage you guys to, to just be continually praying. If you don't know of a camp, like some folks said, oh, I didn't realize that Ethnos mission was going on this week. Just pray every week for our youth. Pray every week for the the folks in the church, and that way, if you missed one, you still prayed for it. Amen. Keep praying for our camps. Pray for lives to be changed. This past week was incredible. The, the bus ran well. Somebody mentioned how the bus runs. We were running it to several trips back and forth here into the San Antonio, to the missions, to the barrios, uh, to the projects, and it, it ran great. The AC went out again. However, it's under warranty, so we just cooked a little bit last week, but it's still God's still in control and, and got us there and back safely every day. That's the kinds of things we need to be praying about, the, to get where he tells us to go and get back home and, and do so being able to give God the glory. Amen? So keep praying for our camps and things of that nature. There was a, a lot done in the ministry of God this week and will be throughout the coming weeks uh, as we do so. And, and even here in the church, if you notice down the center aisle, the new trim and things going on, there's a lot that God's doing. So just remember to pray for one another and just keep lifting 
one another up. Amen? Um, so we'll talk about ethnos in just a little bit. Uh, I'll, I'll let Corey kind of head that up a little bit. I, I guess that's all. I do want to mention one more thing, and this is kind of a house cleaning thing. And please, I'm not saying this to shame anyone. I'm not saying this to, in any way to, to point fingers towards anybody. Please don't take it that way, nor am I saying it because I am biased in one way or the other. <clears throat> uh, I have jokingly said, or maybe not as much jokingly, but I have also said, uh, my thoughts on Facebook and such as that, I don't, I don't do Facebook myself. However, that's great if you do. But let me say this. Just because you see or read something on Facebook doesn't make it so. That, that is incredibly aggravating to me because it starts so many rumors. And now my, my temper is very short when it comes up and somebody says, well, I saw it on Facebook. Guys, twice just this week, two different matters, uh, one involving a youth and one involving uh, Mr. Rudder who passed away. People took what they saw on Facebook and ran with it. Just because it says it on Facebook doesn't make it so. So if you please be sure to go to the individual. If you see something on Facebook, I'm not saying it's not so either, but go to the individual or go to someone who knows and say, hey, what is this? And you might find out it was misunderstood or you may find out that they don't even know that what's going on. So remember, guys, whenever you see something on Facebook or Twitter or any of the social medias, I'm, I'm very behind the times. I don't know what level we're up to nowadays. Whatever the social media is, just because it's on social media, it's always better to go and see face-to-face and ask, hey, what is going on here? What is this? Is that, uh, I, I, I know we joke about things like that, but both of these things could have been very detrimental to others if they'd gotten out far. So I want to encourage you, please, to, to seek out the, or, the origination, the origin of, of the comments that you see on Facebook. Not saying it's not true but it's possible it may not be as well. Amen? Okay, I think that's enough of that. Uh, Bob, did you have our scripture reading this morning? I didn't think to ask you beforehand. Absolutely. Let me pray with you, brother. Father God, I've lifted my brother to you, and God, I thank you that that he is willing to get up here and lead us in worship, and and, and even when not, not everyone is here, he is here, and he is being used by you, and God, I thank you for that willingness and that diligence on his part. And then he steps a step further when he opens the word to share with us what you've laid on his heart. So God, bless him, bless Shaney, bless his family. And God, may they feel your presence as they are standing up here, allowing themselves to be that, that target that Satan's going to look at because he's sharing his, your, your word. Father, bless them. And may we hear what you say through my brother here rather than hearing him. Our, rather than hearing him, may we hear you through him, Lord. Just bless Bob and let, let us hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, brother. Bless the Lord. The Lord never ceases to amaze me. The the scriptures that I had picked out today, um, because Chris practices during the um, during uh, Sunday school. Usually, I don't get to go to Sunday school, so I didn't know what they were talking about in Sunday school. But um, it's kind of neat. I always think it's awesome when God weaves things together with like Sunday school and then the sermon and. And the music, and it's it's awesome. It's awfully inspiring when um, you think to consider the people never consulted each other, and they don't know, they don't have any idea what the other person is going to be talking about. But um, I was thinking about um, this last week: how difficult it is to um, be submissive to our governments, and um, <laughs> when uh, when things that they decide upon, or um, decisions that they make, or new policies that they implement, don't really coincide with God's word. And uh, God um, shared some scripture with me, and uh, 
I hope you don't mind. I think a lot of people sometimes, do you have any friends who say they, they just um, read the New Testament because the Old Testament's boring and um, it's hard to read? But you can miss out on so much from the Old Testament. So um, what's going on today didn't catch God by surprise at all. Um, and he prophesied about it a long time ago. If we look in the Lamentations of Jeremiah the prophet in chapter 3, starting with verse 19, it says, Remember my affliction and my homelessness. Some, some um, versions say, in my wandering. But it says, Remember my affliction and my homelessness, the wormwood, the wormwood and the poison. I continually remember them and have become depressed. Yet I call this to mind. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say this, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. So I just wanted to talk about just a couple things in there. It's really interesting that they use the word um, wormwood, because wormwood is actually a, a, a brush plant that is very bitter in tasting, and they use it in um, liquors like vermouth, and um, they also use it in a, a liquor called absinthe, which is uh, like a, a aromatized wine, but it has a very bitter taste. And it's so applicable in what we're going through now because the things that we see, it leaves a bitter taste in our mouth, right? And that's what um, Jeremiah was talking about here. And the word has a double meaning because today it even means a state of bitterness and grief. So when we talk about wormwood, if we say that I'm, I'm wormwood, it means you're in a state of bitterness and grief. And um, I just want to say that sometimes we feel like we want to just like take up the banner and run out and change everything, but Jesus told us to, when these things started happening, not to worry because he told us about it ahead of time and that it has to happen before he can return. So um, if you're thinking about taking up that banner and trying to crush these people, I just want to show you what um, God said just real quickly, and I'm sorry, uh, Morgan, this wasn't in what I told you, but in Isaiah chapter 5, starting with verse 20, he said, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own opinion and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine, who are fearless at mixing beer, who acquit the guilty for a bribe and deprive the innocent of justice. And this is what the Lord says is going to happen to those people. Therefore, as a tongue of fire consumes straw... And as dry grass shrivels in a flame, so their roots will become like something rotten, and their blossoms will be blown away like dust. For they have rejected the instruction of the Lord of hosts. They've rejected the instruction of the Lord of hosts. And they have despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. So no matter what we could do to those people, it's nothing in comparison of what God has in store for them. And so if we just remember, these people think that they're getting away with something now. But um, God, the, the Bible tells us that every knee will bow and every tongue confess. And even these people that are so arrogant and um, try to push you around and all that, God, God knows who they are, and God has a plan for them as well. As they could repent tomorrow, and we need to accept them into the um, into the body with us and love them as a brother or sister in Christ, um, because we were that way once too. I mean, we all have our. Our faults, but I just wanted to say that uh, it's really hard going through what we're going through now. When people tell you that um, you're a bigot and that you're hateful if you think homosexuality is wrong, you're a bigot if you think that um, 
well, there's just a, just a number of things. If you think abortion is wrong, so when they start to call it evil good and good evil, just remember God knew that was coming, and he told us about it, and he told us not to worry about it. Just keep your eyes on the goal, right, on the cross, and uh, we'll make it through. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you for the opportunity to be together in your church, Lord God, and we thank you for the, the words that come from, from your mouth, Lord God, in, in your Holy Scripture, and we just yeah. thank you for the guidance that they are in our lives. We just pray that you will help us to um, to call back those Scriptures to mind when we're going through difficult times, and that, that we would put our faith full. He tried. <laughs> Praise God. We're going to lift the Lord up in him together. Oh, I got to tell you, if I look a little like rugged, I'm sorry. I was up all night trying to console my math book. He was just so sad. He had too many problems. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll get... I'm sorry. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. Then a light from heaven filled my soul. It bathed my heart in love and wrote my name above. And just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. Now let us have a little talk. Let us tell him he will hear. And he will answer Now when you feel Then you'll know You will find a little talk with Jesus Makes it right Sometimes my passion's dream Without a ray of cheer And a little cloud of doubt May hide the light of day The mist of sin may rise And hide the starry sky But just a little talk with Jesus Clears away now let us have a little talk with Jesus Let us tell him all about our troubles He will hear our faintest cry Answer by and by Now when you feel a little prayer will turn And then you'll know a little fire is burning You will find a little talk with Jesus Makes it right I may have doubts and fears My eyes be filled with tears But Jesus is a friend who watches day and night I go to him and pray and just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell He will hear and He will answer. Now when you feel, then you'll know. You will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus Let us tell him all about our troubles He will hear our faintest cry He will answer by and by Now when you feel a little prayer will turn You'll know a little fire is burning You will find a little talk with Jesus Makes it
supposed to have that capable <laughs> but well, the lord um the words still are what count bless, bless the lord i am not skilled to understand what god has willed what god has planned I only know at His right hand Stands one who is my Savior 
have taken at his word indeed. Christ died to save me, this I read. And in my heart I find a need for him to be my Savior. That he would leave his place on high And come for sinful man to die You count it strange, so once did I Before I knew my Savior My Savior loves my Savior always there for me. My God, He was my God, He is my God, He's always gonna be. My Savior loves my Savior, is my Savior's always there for me. My God, He was my God, He is my God, He's always gonna be. Yes, living, dying, let me breathe. My strength, my soul is from this free. That he who lives to be my king Won't die to be my savior That he would leave his place on high And come for sinful man to die you counted strange, so once did I Before I knew my Savior My Savior loves my Savior Lives my Savior's always there for me My God, He was my God He is my God He's always gonna be My Savior loves my Savior Lives Savior's always there for me. My God, He was my God, He is my God, He's always gonna be. Yes, living, dying, let me breathe. My strength, my soul is from this free. Then He lives to be my King. Once that I do be my Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, to be our Savior, Father. In Jesus' name. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned And I'm alive and well Your spirit is within me Because you died and rose again I'm forgiven Because you were forsaken And I'm accepted you were condemned And I'm alive and well Your spirit is within me 
because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. And I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. And I'm accepted. You were condemned And I'm alive and well Your spirit is within me Because you died and rose again Amazing love How can it be That you my king would die for me Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you in all I do. and help that to be more than just words for us that we would honor you in all that we do Lord God and put you first in our lives and we thank you for the opportunity to hear from your word and just pray you bless Brother Frank as he brings it to us in Jesus name we pray Amen Amen. Thank you brother Praise the Lord Well guys we're going to start the message off this morning there's going to be a lot of scriptures I'm going to be sharing with you in a little bit so I want to make sure that you have your pen ready if you are one of those that likes to take notes but prior to that I want to ask the sound box, I don't know if you have time, but if you could put those pictures back up to rotate. Uh, we, As I said, we were at the missions trip this past week, all the, the youth and, and several adults, and this was several churches come together. And The pictures you'll be seeing, that's our group right there that you just saw that we were with. But there's pictures here. These are the young people that were used in an incredible way. And Corey's going to come up, and maybe some of the others are going to come up and speak to what you see here this morning. Wow, we got a whole litany of folks. Good. Good, good, good. Now, we had quite a few youth start out the week and some at the end of the week, but these three that are actually coming up, I remember seeing throughout the entire week, except for when one had to work. 
Hallelujah. Good morning. I was elected to speak first. Sorry. Um, I just want to know when I Corey first come to me and asked me if I would be uh, one of the sponsors or one of the adults to help go along with with this group. I really didn't know what I was getting into or what it was like, and I said, "Okay, I will." So I did, and uh, I want you to know that the kids from our church, your kids you could be very, very proud of. They were great. Our day started out with worship in the morning and then rec and then training and then we would have lunch and then we would all load up on the bus with and without air conditioning and go to San Antonio. From there we broke up in our groups and we went out to our little community area that we were supposed to be at and these kids went door to door knocking, inviting kids and their families if they wanted to come, the adults, and a lot of adults did come, to come to what I would call like a little backyard vacation Bible school. The And I want to let you know, the kids did everything. There were several adults there, but we just sat back and we watched them take hold and do everything. Uh, they did the Bible lesson, they did the songs, they did the games, they did the uh, crafts, they, they did it all. They even mingled with the parents, talked with them, and uh, we made a lot of new friends. I even met a mother that had two small children that before I left, she gave me her phone number. She she asked me first if I texted. I guess I looked so old she didn't figure I knew how. So she asked me if I texted, and I said, yes, I do. So she wanted to give me her phone number so I could text her, and uh, I have, and she has since back texted back thanking all of us for being there. Anyway, um, I want to turn this over to whoever wants to go first. Jaden? Come on, Jaden. Um, so we had a speaker. His name was Kai. And one thing he said that really uh, got to me was uh, he was talking about how Jesus rode in on a donkey and uh, with, like no army or anything, just a donkey, and like that's not what people were expecting. And he was, he's talked about a lot about how you don't have to be prominent or uh, or uh, mighty or anything to make a difference in the world. So that's all I really have to say. Um, so, like my dad said earlier, I didn't go on Monday or Wednesday because I had to work. So, I got there Tuesday. And actually, I had a bunch of school stuff to do that morning. And so, I was really late. And um, Jaden messaged me like 20 times. And he was like, Hey, you're coming, right? And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And so, I ended up coming. And thankfully, it was a huge blessing. And so, like she said, we went to this backyard Bible study, and we went door-to-door knocking, which kind of makes me uncomfortable. Um, I'm not going to lie, because you just kind of knock on these doors in in a place that's not exactly the nicest. And so you're knocking on doors, and it's kind of scary. Well, when we went to go originally, our very first time um, to go, I was in the back with one of our rec team guys, and we're heading up the back of the group. And there's this little, two little kids at their door, and they look over at us, and it wasn't our area um, to knock on yet. We were going by. They look at us, and they said, please don't leave me. 
and it broke my heart. And just to see the amount of, they didn't have parents there. They were alone. And so to see that and to see where we were, to see the amount of pain and um, the amount that they don't have was really big for me. Um, so we started off in that and I just wanted to turn around and go, nope, I'm going home now. Like I couldn't do this because to see these kids and not be able to take them in and like just keep them with us forever and know that we have to send them back to a spot that isn't the best for them. And so, um, that was my very first impression of the entire week was going in and seeing this. And, um, as we got to know some of these kids, some of them were like the cutest things ever. I taught them the Ten Commandments song, and they loved that. Well, then I wasn't there Wednesday to show it to them again, and they apparently asked for me and um, were wondering where I was. Well, when I got there Thursday, it was just so amazing to sit down with them and talk to them about how Wednesday went and how much they loved it and see them so excited and on fire for God. Not for the fact that I was there to teach them, not for the fact that any of us were there, but because of God. For them wanting to know, wanting to learn more was just amazing. Um, And so when we went to leave, one of the little girls came up to me and she goes, so tomorrow we're going to color together, right? And I went, sweetie, I probably won't ever see you again. And she goes, and I said, but I have a color page for you. And that made her so happy. And as she like skipped away, they left. Um, But like that just was something that really stood out to me was how much they wanted to know and they wanted to learn. Um, There was also a lot of other things that I had originally on my mind to say, but I can't really think of many now. Um, Oh, yes. Kai, like he was talking about earlier, he was talking about the wrath of God. And I hadn't, like, I've heard the, like, oh, yeah, God came to take our place and the factor of if you were dying and someone just took your place instead, how awesome would that be? Instead, the way he described it and this analogy he used was amazing. Um, He had this thought of think of one of your kids playing with a ball in front of you or a niece and nephew a small child that you care about and it gets hit into the highway so they run after it they're a little kid of course they're gonna run after it and this huge truck comes and you just know that they're gonna get hit but instead a neighbor comes and gets in the way of that moves that kid that's what Jesus did for us but the thing that stood out to me was the fact that the wrath of God is the truck. It's nothing else. It's so big, ambitious, and so completely terrifying. But instead, God was that person that came and he took that spot. And I know this probably seems really, really silly of um, me to be crying about this, but to me, it just stood out in the factor of God's wrath isn't something that's small. It's not something that's tiny. And growing up here in the church and with a dad who is a pastor, I hear about this all the time, but the thought of the factor that someone else came and died for me instead because I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And really that was something that kind of brought me through the entire week of thinking is I'm not good enough. And I never will be. 
And no matter how much I try, there's I'm not ever going to be good enough to take that spot for Jesus. But instead, he came down and he took that for me so I don't have to worry about it now. Um, and really, I guess this whole week was a lot of joy, a lot of awesome things, but also a lot of pain and a lot of conflict, a lot of self-thought, um, a lot of humbling, really. Um, and being able to, on a personal level, know, get to know these kids and also feel for them in the exact same way and knowing what, what it's like and seeing what it's like um, was just really crazy for me. Um, and a lot of these kids also that came with us saw that too and got to kind of be humbled and see what that was like. Um, it was just an amazing experience and, uh, really important for me to especially go through. I think it definitely strengthened my walk with God, um, and the factor of having a closer one, um, and just being able to know that I'm not good enough, but I don't have to be. Let's say, let me apologize to our friend if I break down. Um, my heart's overflowing with joy. It's also flowing with um, heartache from what I saw this week. <clears throat> Last summer, during Fields of Faith, I had two gentlemen approach me, which was the youth pastors from Fur Baptist Lavernia and Grace Baptist, uh, Grace Bible, with this idea. Uh, we started actually planning for it in October, one to two meetings a month. Numerous, numerous emails back and forth planning this together. Um, even the fact that a month ago there was talk about possibly not having it because we had some issues. Even up to the first day we had issues, we had one of the River of Life's vans break down on the way to San Antonio. Um, our AC went out. It apparently was working that Monday morning, but went out sometime between that and that afternoon. And I remember coming home from the first day of Ethnos. Ethnos is a ministry out of San Antonio uh, that works on the west side. If you guys know where South Laredo is, that's the area that we went to. And um, they've been working there for eight years. And um, coming back from Ethnos, I, my shirt was literally drenched in sweat. I was so hot. And I was sitting in that bus. And I'll be honest, I had a lapse of judgment. And I was thinking to myself, am I going to be able to finish this this week? And then looking over to one of our gentlemen that was with us, he was only able to attend Monday. But he was also just drenched in sweat. And we were talking about that day. And just seeing the biggest smile on his face made me realize that it was worth it. Um, I will be honest to you, in my eight-plus years as a youth pastor, this week has probably been the most physically draining week I've ever done versus camp, VBS, youth rallies, anything like that. But it's also been the most spiritually filling week I have ever been involved in. Our schedule, like my mom said, we started out with praise and worship every morning. We did have an awesome band named Tyler Daniel, I believe. Kai, somebody asked me earlier, I just remember he was from Go Go Global, uh, which is a uh, global missionary uh, ministry. Um, a little bit about Ethnos. Uh, Ethnos is actually a ministry in San Antonio. They work on the west side, have been for eight-plus years. We did partner with them. Uh, the name of the week was Mission United because we were uniting. Uh, it started out with six different churches, but in the end it was five different churches. And our job was mainly to go and do a backyard Bible study. We started out knocking on doors. 
Um, we would get the kids come, and then we'd have a little backyard Bible study there for an hour, hour and a half, two hours. And then we would pretty much go back home, back to Grace, and have more praise and worship and dinner and stuff. It was kind of a rough area, but I will let you guys know it wasn't that bad. We did have adults with every group. And uh, Josh, which is the uh, the main guy for Ethnos, said all you had to do was say the word Ethnos, and you were pretty much left alone because they knew the Ethnos had worked there for eight-plus years. They knew the Ethnos was there to better their community, and it was they were okay with it. I, I could think of at least about 15 different adults I talked to through the week I was there. And when I, as soon as I said Ethnos, they were cool and just thanking us for being there. Um. I did write a couple notes. I could speak to you for hours and hours and hours of what happened, but I did write a couple of those just the highlights. We weren't just in San Antonio. We were also out here in Lavernia. We did have a prayer walk every single day. What they would do is we had four different color groups, and they'd pull three or four out of each group to do the prayer walk. And I will say on Monday, one of our young group of uh, youths led a man of salvation, so that was, that was pretty awesome. Um, we also worked on the Lavernia, uh, Lavernia Food Bank. Apparently it had some pretty much-needed repairs. So we had some of the youth do that as well. Um, a couple of things that hit me was Thursday when we were done with our last day of Ethnos. Josh pulled all the youth leaders into the back room to discuss, and his wife, Tiffany, um, explained to us a couple of things. One thing Josh said that in his whole eight years of doing this, our group was probably the only group that allowed our youth to take over. Pretty much, and I say it many times, and I'll keep on saying it as a youth pastor, probably one of the most awesome things to see is when you can sit back and watch your youth do your job for you. And you can ask any youth that was there, majority of the time we just sat back and watched them do it. They did the lesson, they did the music, they did everything. What happened is every morning we did our training, we would we would pick out a team leader, and they were the go-to guy. we pick out a large group uh, teacher, Small group teachers, song, memory verse, music, rec, everything. And then they were told if they had any issues, they were to go to the team leader. And if the team leader had any issues, they would come to us. I would say in the whole week, we had, I maybe had the team leader come to me three or four times. Everything else they handled, us, me, my mom, pastor, everybody else, were just kind of sitting back and just watching them and just kind of, you know, policing the area, I guess you could say. Another thing that really hit me is when Tiffany was talking to us at that last meeting, <clears throat> Something they have been um, working on quite a bit is a majority of the complex was either African-American or Hispanic in nature, but there was a few families that were Muslim, and they had been working for eight-plus years trying to break the walls with these Muslims. And Tiffany and Josh, they went knocking on doors as well. It wasn't, they didn't just leave it up to us. But they were knocking on the door of this one Muslim family, and apparently the Muslims would let their kids come to the, uh, the Bible studies. They weren't allowed to eat the snacks or drink the, anything, but they were allowed to come in and listen. They weren't allowed to participate, but they could at least listen. And Tiffany knocked on this one Muslim lady's door, and she asked her, didn't have a whole lot of English, but asked her if she had a daughter, a child. She's like, yes, I have a five-year-old daughter. And she's like, I'll be right back. So she was gone for a good five minutes. Tiffany said she was getting ready to, to walk to the next door, you know, because she still had a good dozen, couple dozen doors to knock on. And all of a sudden, the lady came back with some jewelry. It was a um, bracelet, a ring, some earrings. Uh, Tiffany would not put on her daughter because they had, like, the all-seeing eye and stuff like that. But she said it was a gesture. It was showing that they were breaking down the walls. And then later on that day, Tiffany and um, Randy had asked if he can go, and he was told no since he was a guy should go back in the house. So Randy's, Randy's wife went to minister to her, and they said that she was hugging all on and everything like that. So that was a, um, that was a big thing, I thought. Um, 
as they did state, we did start out with seven kids. We ended up with three here. Um, our kids, I think, realized that ministry wasn't just listening to an awesome praise and worship band and listen to a funny guest speaker, that we actually have to go in and get our, our hands dirty. I will tell you, every morning after Monday, I was struggling just to get up. I was so tired and wore out that it just it hit me, but I knew I had to get up. I knew I had to go. We had some of our kids on the last day knocking on doors, and um, this one gentleman, pretty rough-looking gentleman with a little girl, was walking up. So I told one of our girls, I was like, you want to go ask, you want to go invite her to, uh, you know, backyard Bible study? And she was like, um, no. And then a few seconds later, she said, but I will. So she walked up there, and she invited him, and sure enough, the daughter, the daughter came. So that was awesome. All in all, um, it was a very eye-opening week. A verse that was shared, I can't remember when it was or who even shared it this week, but a verse that was shared that I'm pretty sure all of us have heard numerous times, but now after this week has kind of a different meaning to me, and that's Revelations 3.16. It says, So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of thy mouth. What I got out of that is pretty much either we're all in or we're all out, and it's time to choose. Thank you. Amen. As far as the testimony goes, let me say this about my part, and I was sharing it with several this week, and uh, I shared it with Sherry on the way here just again this morning. I think the thing that really profoundly touched me more than anything else was the fact that there was, I, I don't know the exact number, I'm going to say between 80 and 100 youth uh, on Sunday, uh, Sunday on, by the end of the week that were still uh, determined and inspired but what really got me was when you got out into the small groups, where we had, what in our group, 15, something like that, I would say? No, no, I'm not talk, talking about kids from the neighborhood. I'm saying the workers, about 15. In the, yeah, and, and kids in the groups, the kids from knocking on doors. Remember, we, we knocked on, on each door and, and just hoped that they would let their kids come. Started out with 12, then 15, then 33, something like that. It's how our group grew of kids from the projects that we were, the doors we were knocking on. But what I was going to say, those kids that went out there, those 15 uh, young adults, I shouldn't say kids, those young adults went out there with determination to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And sitting back and watching, and, and Corey's right, if you have not, you get started at, at 7.30 in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, and you get home at 8 in the evening, and the temperatures that was this past week, it was hot. You see in these pictures, there's one tree that we found to be able to get under. Well, the kids take up the space. The, the little guys that we brought from the neighborhood, we wanted them to try to get what shade there was. The rest of us and our teachers, the young adults, were in the sunshine. So these young adults were in the sun for that, the entire day. or not the entire day because you got some other stuff going on. But they're still in the sun. They're having to put hands and feet. They're having to work. It was work, and it was hot. But yet I sat back, and, and there's two faces in mind that I won't say names, but two that really stood out to me that not only engaged with these kids, but shared the message in such a fashion that even I was taken in. They were bringing these kids into the message, and they, these young adults knew the message well enough that, that they were able to not just go from script. Some went scripted, but most that they were able to share, bring these kids in, and I had the feeling in the spirit within me that truly the ministry, the the, the the, 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 the kingdom of God was expanding at that moment. Now, 
Can I tell you that every one of those little guys, we had them from little tiny, as you see in Annie's arm there, as she's giving one a bottle, to 12 or 13 years old. Can I tell you that every one of them got saved? Absolutely not. I cannot say that in any way. But what I can say beyond any shadow of a doubt, because of the, the energy that was inspired by these young adults' willingness to go out and share the gospel, to, to get these kids singing, to knock on these doors. I know a lot of adults that wouldn't even step foot in the neighborhood, much less go up to these doors and knock on these doors. Because they were willing to put hands and feet and voice to what God called them to do, I can guarantee that there's been seeds planted in a whole lot of children this past week. And for that, I say hallelujah. Praise God. Amen? It, it is awesome. Yeah, they deserve that. They deserve that. And these guys didn't do it for the accolades of man, for us giving them a clap or giving them a handshake. They, they have coins stored up in their coffers in heaven because of what they've done on this side of glory. But let me tell you guys, it is our responsibility to also be the hands and feet of Jesus and to reach over and give them that hug and that clap and let them know, praise God, God's proud of you. I can't speak for God per se. Only God can, can speak directly for himself. But I feel assured to be able to say, that God was able to look down upon what was transpiring this past week through not just the kids in this, the youth in this group. I'm saying the youth group as a whole, that 100 kids or so that were there from five churches coming together, didn't care about what church they were from, didn't care what color they were, didn't care what denominational name they carried. They went to these barrios to share the word of God, and they did so in a powerful way. I can feel with all assurity that I can share with you that God was in heaven with a smile on his face looking down. And I praise God that I was able to be a witness. It was hot. It was hot. And then getting back in the hot bus, it was rather humorous was, uh, because the other buses were air-conditioned. Ours went out. He, the, the speaker, the youth pastor, actually from Grace Bible, would get up and start numbering off kids to ha- and say, okay, you go to that bus. You go to that bus. Well, the kids would start trying to figure out how he was numbering so they could move real quick and not get to the one where he's going to start numbering into the 20s. Because that meant our bus. <laughs> and they were diving and ducking to the best of their ability to miss the unair conditioned bus. But, but even though when they got on the bus, and I expected a lot of oh, and whining and crying like I hear sometimes when the air's not working in the bus, and that's from the adults. But, you know, I did not hear any of that. In fact, the, the, the last, uh, no, not the last one, I guess it was Wednesday. That trip, they were playing games back there, and I was listening to them playing games back there, and uh, they were saying, oh, this is the party bus. And, and they were just having a good time and, and doing so in a healthy way. They didn't care that the air didn't work. They knew what they were there to do. As a pastor, I was able to sit back and say, wow, praise God. Praise God. I think... I'm thinking, yeah, and I do that occasionally. I think that, um, you know, as I'm standing here praying, it's already after 12, and I feel as though that God, I think what we've already heard is probably the sermon. Between Bob and what these young people have shared this morning, I'd like to say this. Jesus Christ came, and he set himself and set his face to the cross. He positioned himself in such a fashion Did he look forward to the cross because he was insane? No, because he knew this was the ends to the means. He knew beyond beyond any doubt that this had to happen so that we could have salvation. 
And he didn't allow the, the circumstances. He didn't allow the pain. He didn't allow the hurt. He didn't allow the things of this world to discourage him from doing what he had set out to do, which was the Father's will, which was to complete a plan so that his children, his creation, could have salvation. If, if Jesus Christ was able to set himself in such a, a, a fashion, in a stone-faced, stoic way, if he was able to position himself as, as that, 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 that forward-looking piece of, of, of pre- determination, of resoluteness, if he was able to carry that out and onto the cross so that I can have salvation, then I would say it's just like Marina was saying just a few minutes ago. We have been saved because of the determination of Christ to carry out. What have we been saved from? The wrath of sin. The wages of sin is death. And the only way to miss that is through the blood of the Lamb. And Jesus, and the, Jesus knew this from the dawn of creation. He knew it before creation that this was the plan that would have to be made, and he set about doing his plan with a resoluteness. He set out to carry it out. He looked over Jerusalem and he lamented, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if I could but gather you under my wings. Folks, I would share with you this morning that though the world was out against him, though everything was counting against him, he still determined in his heart to carry out a plan that was so hard that he got down on his knees and sweat drops of blood and said, Father, if there's any other way, but yet not thy, my will, but thine be done. He still knew how hard it was going to be, yet he stood up and carried out the plan. If Christ did that for us, if these young adults were willing to go into the places that adults would write off, if these young adults were willing to go in and knock on these doors, and there were some tough things going on. At one point, Corey was sharing with me in one of the projects, they were knocking on the doors. There was a fight breaking out. It was two men that were getting, he was starting to worry a little bit. But God brought in, came down and, and separated that out before any ugly could come from it. If these young adults were willing to go into where the people of the community have rejected, if they are able to go in, as Marina and, the, and, and, and others pointed out, where there is very little that, that you could say is good, if they were willing to go into the, the 90 plus day heat all day every day, if they were willing to go and share the Christ with the same determination that, that, that Christ showed, if they, they were determined and resolute to share the gospel in an area that had been written off, if they are that determined, if we know Christ was that determined, if we see our young adults are that determined, if we see that they are willing to do what God has called them to do, then glory to God, why don't we as adults do the same thing? Why can't we as adults put hands and feet and words to what we claim to think is truth? If we believe this to be truth, if we believe this to be the Word of God, if we believe that Jesus said, go ye therefore and baptize and make disciples, if we believe that Jesus is whom he said he was, if we believe that he is the Lamb that shall save the world, if we believe that Jesus Christ is the one that takes away the the, the wrath of God, as Marina so eloquently put, if we believe that with our heart, then why do we have to sit in our air-conditioned homes all week or wherever it is and not share the gospel? We need to approach the world, folks, with a determination. We need to set our face with a, 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 a flint-like resoluteness. That's what it says in the, in the Old, Old Testament, in Isaiah and Ezekiel. 
It, it says that Jesus Christ, those are the prophecies, that he would set his face as flint. At one point in Ezekiel, it says that God gave him the forehead of flint to oppose the foreheads of the, of the unrighteous that were going to stand against him. In other words, we need to put our, put our mouth out there and we need to go forth with God giving our mouths what to say. Quit backing down to the world and be determined and resolute to carry out the plan that God has given us. You heard just a few testimonies today. I don't know if the other churches are giving testimonies. There was River of Life and Grace that had a lot of people there. First Baptist, Lavernia, ourselves, United Methodists there in Lavernia. These churches had a lot of youth that were there. And I pray that they were given the opportunity to share what God has laid on their hearts. But even if they weren't, you know what's great? There are a bunch of kids sitting in, in very low-income homes this morning knowing who it is that loves them. They may not have made a commitment to him, but they can't say they never heard about him because our youth were willing to be resolute about sharing the gospel. I pray this morning, first of all, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you will accept him. You can't do these things without the power of the Holy Spirit inspiring you. It says, I can do all things through what? Through my own initiative, through my own powers, through my own intellect, through my eloquent speech. I can do all things through a vast amount of knowledge. No, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. You want to be used by God. You want to be able to stand firm and be able to stand in the places of adversity and yet be able to do so with your head held high and have strength within you then you must do so where the strength comes from, and that is Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that should be your first and foremost decision. And I would submit to you this morning that if you have made that choice, if you have made that decision, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that doesn't mean that everything gets easy. That doesn't mean that you can explain why this person passed away and that one didn't. It may not explain why some are rich or some are poor. Only God knows all things. His ways confound our ways. Our, our thinking is not His thinking but you will be able to stand tall and understand that regardless of what transpires the circumstances around me, my God still reigns over it all. And if you are here this morning and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I would submit that, that God looks down on those young adults this past week, and they're not perfect. They make, they're young adults. They're going to make the same mistakes every other young adult has made, and they're going to make mistakes that you and I make. But he can look down and I feel as though that he can look upon them and he is, uh, he is proud of what those young adults did this past week. My question to you is, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, can you right now say that the Lord looks down on my past week and he is proud of what I have done? Every one of us should think about, where have I been? What have I done? What am I doing for the Lord? And is he proud of what I have done? And if we can say that he is not, and I would say, let that, may that change. Isn't it great we serve a Lord that says, I love you forever and always. I'll never leave you nor forsake you, even when you're an idiot. He doesn't add that part. That's my part, but still. He loves us regardless. If you were here this morning and you say, you know, my God's probably not very proud of what I've done this week. He still loves you. My kids do things all the time that I can think, what in the world were you thinking? but yet I still love them. There are sometimes they'll do things that are just out of this world. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. But I still love them. 
If the love of an earthly father to their children can be so strong, how much greater is the love of a heavenly father? If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, let me tell you that he chose to go to that cross so that you don't have to. For the wages of sin is death, and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But there is no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. Therefore, Jesus Christ allowed himself to become our propitiation. He became our penance. He became our sin upon that cross to pay a price that we could never pay. And whomsoever believes in me shall not perish but have everlasting life. They believe in their heart and profess with their mouth that I am the Son of God and been resurrected from the dead, so shall they be saved. If you are here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I would share the same simple message that these young adults shared with all those kids. You can't. All you have to do is believe and put your heart in the hands of the Lord. I can't save you. These young adults can't save you. But we sure can tell you about the one who can. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can change that today. If you do know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can repent today and say, Father, my life hasn't been too awe-inspiring. The fact that you've been telling me to do this, that, and the other, and I choose to run under my own initiative. You know, there, there's a, there's an, that around Greenland, if you've ever studied the northern sea, there's a lot of icebergs, hundreds of icebergs. There's a really interesting anomaly, anomaly that happens. If you were ever to look at the icebergs around Greenland, and I would suppose everywhere, but specifically around Greenland where I read this, you would see that there's small icebergs and there's large icebergs. But the weird thing about the icebergs around Greenland, at least, is one set of icebergs, the small ones go one way, and the large icebergs go the other way as they move. Now, why would that be? Because there's two different powers at be. The small icebergs are being moved by the winds and the surface conditions that are upon the ocean. The large icebergs, being the majority of the iceberg is under the water, it's the ocean current that's moving them the opposite direction. I would submit to you this morning that when we try to live our lives under our own power, when we try to do what we think is right for the Lord, when we are doing what we want to do for the Lord, we may be moving in a direction, but it's just going to be the surface winds that's moving us. For it's God who has the direct motion. In the big things of life, it is Christ who is going to be moving it all. It is forever and always in God's control. When we try to take it back, we may move a few little icebergs. But if we really want to be making a big difference, then submit yourself to Christ. Allow him to move in your life. Quit trying to do it on your own and give the reins, back, the reins of your life back to the one who can direct it the best. You know, Jesus, when he, when he died upon that cross, he died upon the Passion Week. And if you, if you look in the book of Luke, it says that the, the, the Pharisees hated him. They wanted him dead, but they said, oh, we're not going to do it on Passover week. But who had the final say? It's God's will that's going to be done. Sure, in, the, in this corner you have the Pharisees and their trials and their predictions and what they're going to do in the future. But in this corner you have the creator of the universe who says, now is the day. Because I want all to know that just as you celebrated the lamb over those feasts of Passover, 
the true lamb has given his life this week. God's will, God's effort, God's mission will be done. And if it takes the young adults to do it while the adults sit back and do nothing, then we'll stand before him one day and he'll, he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant to those young adults. Just because you're 60, 70, 80, 100 in a church years old doesn't mean that God has blessed you more than those that are willing to get out and work for him. It doesn't matter about our physical age. It's how much are we submitted to Christ. I want us all to stand. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. And I hope you leave here today with this. These young adults today, first of all, let me, let me go back to Bob for just a moment. His message that he brought prior to all this was pretty powerful in and of itself. We need to understand that it's God who's in control. And if we, even when we don't understand the circumstances around us, we can surrender to the authority of Christ. But now let me move to what these young adults said. In the surrendering to the authority of Christ, he may call you outside of your comfort zone. You may have to get out in the heat all day, every day. He may tell you to knock on doors you're not used to knocking on. He may tell you to share with people. You know, one more testimony I'd love to, I want to say there was a, in amongst our group, the kids that came to our group, there was this one family, uh, uh, African-American family, they had them from little to probably 14 or so. And I commented on that 13, 14-year-old girl's dress one day, and, and she said, thank you very much, sir. And, and the other little kids in this, this uh, family were very well-mannered and listened. And their grandmama would come and sit with them each day as well. Well, I mentioned to her how, how awesome it was, the manners that her kids were showing. Because there was, there was uh, some manners that wasn't there. There was a, one day I had to kind of keep backing a couple away from the, the main group and such. But you know what she said to me? She said, they better have manners because I've had them in church since the day they were born. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You could see church in their lives. Didn't matter where they lived. Didn't matter what they had in material possessions. I saw church in them kids. I saw Christ. Can others see Christ in your life this morning? We need to go out and make a difference. We need to be determined. We need to be resolute. And we need to be willing to step and go where God tells us to step and go. Is that you today? I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. This altar will be open. I'm going to ask Bob to come up and play for an invitation. But guys, this morning, I want you to think about it just a little bit. First of all, do you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior? That's your primary concern. You can't fix others and worry about others until you've got yourself on the right path. So you have yourself where you need to be. But if you are there, you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and maybe he's telling you to step out of your comfort zone and you've been making all the excuses why not to, I'd rather go where the God's current's taking me than where the winds of change want to direct me. Where do you want to be this morning? Let's go to Lord in prayer. Father God, I come before you today. Thank you for the testimonies that I heard here today. I, I was thinking just Corey was going to really speak, Lord God, but hearing from the others as well, and hearing the, and seeing you at work in the young adults this past week, uh, hearing what you had to say to Corey, and God, it's just great to be in your house. It's great to, as a pastor, Lord, to see that it's not just the pastors that you choose to use. Sometimes it can seem like we're fighting that battle alone, and I think of a Elijah when he said, when, when he said just take me, I'm, there's no other one 
righteous around anymore. And you showed him right then there was 5,000 at the bottom of the hill. Father, sometimes we can feel alone and you remind us that you're working in so many lives. There's maybe someone here today, Lord, that you know their heart is, is beaten down and they feel alone. Maybe it's medical conditions. Maybe it's spiritual. Maybe, maybe they're just tired. May they be able to leave here with the remembrance and the understanding of how powerful and how great thou art. As we heard the worship leader sing several times this past week, you are great. May we never forget that. Move in the lives of your people in this church today, Lord God. If there's one here that does not know you, may they surrender their heart to you this day. If there are, if there are those here today that has yet to allow you to be the true Lord of their lives, may they accept you before it's too late. God, move in your, in, and show us what we need to do individually to be what you've called us to be, Father. And may we truly listen to your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. This altar will be open. You can pray where you're at. You can pray at this altar. I'll pray with you. But the main thing is, let's each one of us decide to be resolute about carrying out the will of God. Let's make it, let's put a determined effort into being what God has called us to be. He may not have called you to go knock on doors in, in the barrio. Don't get me wrong. Somebody's called to be teachers. Somebody's called to be evangelists. I'm I'm not saying everyone's been called to do the same task or the same duty, but I will say that every one of us was bought on purpose for a purpose. And what that purpose may be, only you may know. But you're not going to know if you don't listen to what the Lord has to say. Will you pray his direction in your life today as we sing, guys?